Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is... Christ the Lord. John chapter 8 and verse 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light, the light of life. How many are thankful for that today? Amen. Amen. You know that uh, some 11% of American adults are afraid of the dark. You don't have to raise your hand. (laughs) We already know who you are because we turned the lights off a little earlier. (laughs) Just a heads up, we're going to turn the lights off again at some point in the service. So, but... There'll be a little ambient light for you. Uh, 11% of uh, adults are afraid of the dark. Now, some some make an evolutionary case for this, stating that humans didn't once exist in as much light as we do now, and predators are known to prowl around in the dark. And uh, there's some sense to that, I think. Um, Some scientists will point out that the fear is not linked to the dark itself, but to the potential negative scenarios that could occur within the darkness. In the dark, there is an absence of security and safety. And as your eyes are not as active, your other senses become more attentive. Anybody ever laid in bed in the middle of the night, scared to move because you were sure somebody was standing in the corner? No? I'm the only one? Maybe there was someone standing in the corner then. The, uh, your senses, because your eyesight is struggling, everything else becomes much more attentive. And if someone cannot see the sounds and movement around them, they are more likely to experience fear as a result. Being in the dark compromises our brain's ability to comprehend the what the other senses are experiencing. More recent studies that have been done suggest that humans are actually pretty decent at seeing in the dark, not, of course, on the level of owls or other nocturnal creatures. Uh, They're nocturnal because their eyes are overstimulated by daylight. They're nocturnal because that's how God created them, and they do better in the dark, they can see better than we can. But scientists are showing us that humans uh, 
if we are in darkness for somewhere between 10 and 30 minutes, our eyesight does actually improve, and we can begin to see better than what we normally think we would be able to do. The thing is, is that most of us are just not in the dark that long unless we're sleeping, and when we're sleeping, we're not looking around that much. Most animals have adapted their entire lifestyles to either the light or the dark. Everything they do, all of their behavior, every activity and every action is designed by whether it is dark or whether it is light. Humanity, though, has had quite a transition with the understanding and the invention of electricity and the light bulb Life changed dramatically for humanity. With the ability to flip a switch and have light whenever and wherever we wanted it, things changed dramatically. Yet even with our ability to control light in our lives, some still operate in darkness, and some still deal with the fears connected to the darkness. Not just darkness in the sense of the absence of light, but also People still deal with the fear. We don't like being kept in the dark. Anybody ever been kept in the dark? Not being told the information that others have? Knowing that everyone else knows something that you do not know? It's deliberate. It's deceptive. It can make someone feel unimportant or not appreciated or not liked. People don't like to be kept in the dark. But I would also say there are those who are lost in the dark. In the natural world, being lost is bad enough. Anybody ever been lost before? There we go. Now at least I'm not the only one. In the natural world, being lost is bad enough. But lost in the dark is something altogether different. And in the spiritual sense, being lost in the darkness is not just bad. It is eternally destructive. If we remain lost in the darkness. The Pharisees bring a woman to Jesus. She has been caught in the act of adultery. In what was really an effort to discredit, manipulate, and humiliate Jesus. Jesus turns the tables on them in that moment. By writing something in the sand. And then standing up from his crowd's position where he has just written the unknown into the sand. And he speaks these words. He says, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast the stone at her. Then he kneels down to write in the sand again. It is in that story when they have caught this woman in the act of adultery, where they have dragged her to where Jesus is. They have thrown her at his feet and surrounding Jesus, they begin to press him about what should happen to her. Surely it is very clear because that she has been caught in the very act of sinful adultery that she should be stoned to death. Surely Jesus could not have anything different to say about that. Surely he would not 
not have a different approach to take. And Jesus, uh, and kneeling down into the sand, I can, I can almost feel their collective angst as he just kneels down and begins to write in the sand. You can tell from the story that this is a high-energy group. This is a, a high-emotional time. They are worked themselves up. They've got this thing planned out, and they think it's going to work. And they've come with a whole lot of energy, and then Jesus just lets them do all of this talking and then kneels and starts writing in the sand. Don't you know they were frustrated? Don't you know they were frustrated by his activity? Like, come on, man, we, we you know, look, quit wasting time, quit, quit killing time, quit ignoring us, quit acting like you didn't hear what we just said, quit acting like you can't see this woman sitting here. You know she's guilty. Look at her, she's guilty. What are you going to do about it? And he writes in the sand and he makes them just stand there. He just makes them stand there a little while. It's kind of a good tactic, actually. When people come to you all worked up and they're all hot and they're all rapid fire, just make him stand there a second. He just makes him stand there with those stones in their hands. And then he simply says to them, he that is without sin among you, you go ahead and cast the first stone. It is immediately after this happening in John 8, 12, that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. It is in that setting, it is in that moment, it is in that environment that Jesus wants everyone that's listening to him, he wants him to understand, I am the light of the world. I have come to illuminate some stuff. I've come to shine the bright light of truth on some things. And yes, it may be a reality that that woman was caught in the act of adultery. And yes, she is a sinner. But I've come to shine a light upon the situation that doesn't just show her as a sinner, but shows her as someone who can be saved from their sin. Was the woman living in darkness? Yes. The Bible, Jesus tells us right after that, go and sin no more. We know that she was living in sin, but the Pharisees are living in darkness as well. They were trying desperately to discredit the one who came to deliver them. They were trying to destroy the deliverer. They were living in darkness too, and Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. I am the one that has come to illuminate everything. No matter if they know they're a sinner or whether they think themselves to be religious, I've come to illuminate everything because it is with the illumination, it is with the truth that we can deal with the issues of our life. It's when we really finally look ourselves in the mirror and we say, this is who I am and this is what I need to do about it, that the light can come into our world. And the Lord of the light comes into us and shines into us. He exposes and illuminates that which needs to be exposed and illuminate. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but he came to convict. He came to correct. He came to save. And as long as things are kept hidden and secret, as long as they're kept in the dark, there is little hope for the deliverance. 
You hear me today? You hear me? As long as things are kept hidden and secret. I had this message done and I was at home and I was going on with the rest of my day. And that was, that was the phrase that kept coming back to me. It was there this morning when I came to church. So I pulled my notes back out and I put a couple stars next to it and I underlined it. Because somebody needs to hear what I'm saying today. As long as it remains hidden and secret. As long as it's kept in the dark, there's little hope for the deliverance that you need. Saul, who becomes the Apostle Paul, was a good man by a lot of people's standards. He was an educated man and he was respected man by a lot of society. But in reality, he was a terrorist against the church and was driven to destroy the church of the Lord until God illuminates to Paul his own heart, till he shines into Paul's life. And Paul tells his own testimony in Acts 26, whereupon I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun. You know what I love about that? I love the way Paul phrases that. I saw in the way. I saw in the way. It was in my way. <laughs> it was between where I was and where I needed, to, where I thought I needed to be. There was a light that shone, and it was beyond the brightness of the sun. Can I tell somebody in this place today, even when you're living in darkness, uh, the light is going to come to you. The light is going to make itself known to you. Jesus is going to position himself in your pathway. You will have to push him out of the way. You will have to navigate around him. You will have to say no to him. And if you do, you can remain in the darkness. But if you'll say, Lord, here I am. Speak to me. Help me. Save me. Forgive me. Change me. The light of the world. The Lord of the light is able and willing to do it. I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them that which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of the things which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. I've come, Saul, to shine the light of truth upon you so that you can deal with your issues. Because I need you, Paul, to get your issues dealt with. Because I want to send you into the same people I called you out of. And I want you to bring the light of the truth to where they are. They are in the darkness, Paul. And I need somebody that will become part of the light to go walking into the darkness and spread the light of truth for the forgiveness of sins unto the salvation of their soul. It's possible. 
to live in the dark and not know it. Until the light shows up. Live in the darkness and not be aware of it until the light shows up. Paul believed he was living in the light until the real light showed up. And when the real light showed up, it changed everything. So many people today exist not knowing who they really are. So many exist. They don't know why they exist. They don't know what it's all about. Who, why, what is a question that echoes in their mind. It's a question that keeps them up at night. It's a question that they struggle with on a routine basis. Those are the questions of them that live in the dark. When there is a light in Jesus that will answer those questions. There is a light in Christ that will show you who you are. It will show you who you were created in your mother's womb to be. It will show you who you were. He says, I formed you. Amen. I know you. And I created you. And I gave you a purpose and a reason. And I know who that God, God knows who you're supposed to be. He knows what you're supposed to do. He knows what your life is about. So if you're asking yourself those questions, I'm not trying to be rude today. But I'm trying to get you to understand something on this Christmas Eve service. There is a light of the world. There is a Lord of the light who wants to shine into your situation. And he wants to answer the questions of your soul. He wants you to know who you are. He wants you to know what you're supposed to be doing. Why you're even here in the first place. There is a light in Jesus that will answer all of those questions. But you have to answer him. You have to respond to the light. I read an article. I think it was this week, maybe. I don't know. It's been a little bit of a week, folks. I read an article where a hiker in Colorado got lost. And he was lost for 24 hours. He spent the night unexpectedly. He was on a hike that was supposed to take seven hours total. He had to end up spending the night unexpectedly and lost in the, in the, in the woods. And, and uh, they, they, he finally, he came walking out. He came walking out the next day, walking to the parking lot. And there's like rescuers and family members and you know, helicopters and stuff. And, uh, and that he had a, a phone with him. And I'm not exactly sure how this works because apparently... No one else was able to reach him, but the emergency was able to reach him. And they said, were you not, was your, did your phone die? Did you lose your phone? No, I have, I have my phone. Is it dead? He's like, no, I, I still had it. it just, you know, they said, well, we called you. We called you a bunch of times. He said, oh, I didn't, I didn't recognize the number. So I, I didn't answer. That's a for real story. Now, look, I get it. If I, if I don't, if it's an unknown number, I don't answer the phone either. But if I'm lost, 
and anybody calls. I mean, let the scam artist call me if I'm lost. I'll be like, hey, while I have you on the phone, I mean, I might buy some of that insurance, but while, while I have you, maybe you could tell the cops, like, where I'm at. And it's funny because it's hard to imagine that somebody would be lost in the wilderness with all the fear that comes with that, spending the night in the pure darkness and all the fear that comes with that, and have a phone that keeps ringing, and they won't answer it because they don't recognize the number. I'm going to tell you something. You're probably not going to recognize Jesus the first time he calls. Paul didn't. Jesus has to say who he is. He has to drop him in his tracks, shine a light around him, and he has to say, this is Jesus that's talking to you right now. This is Jesus that's dealing with you right now. And I know those people in this house right now, I feel it in my spirit. From the moment you walked in this place today, God's been speaking to you. God's been trying to deal with you. You've been feeling things that you haven't felt before. While we were singing songs of worship, you were feeling things that you've never felt before, perhaps feeling things in a church that you've never felt in a church before, and you're wondering, what is this feeling? What is this, what is this uh, nagging in my spirit? What is this that's trying to get my attention? I'm telling you, you should go ahead and answer the phone because Jesus is on the line. He's trying to get to you. He's trying to speak to you. He's trying to illuminate some stuff about your life. He's trying to show you I'm here. I'm here. I'm present. I can help you. I can come into your darkness. I can show you the way out. Oh, I, is there anybody in the house of the Lord today that's glad you answered the phone when Jesus called? Is there anybody that maybe pushed back a little bit, but you're glad you finally gave in and you realize that there is a love, hallelujah, that only the Lord of the light can bring into your situation? There is, hallelujah, deliverance that only the Savior of the world can bring. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, praise the Lord. They were in the same country. Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock. If there was ever a group that was tuned into their best night vision, it was probably the shepherds routinely searching the darkness for predators that could see them better than they could see them, acutely aware of the predicament that they were in, having to stay alert they had their sheep in the fields. They were not in the confines of the fold. They were not tucked away. They were in the fields. Predators were on the prowl. Shepherds had to be very aware. But tonight they would see in the dark like they had never been able to see before. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone Round about them. The glory of the Lord is all-encompassing. The glory of the Lord leaves nothing left in the dark. I don't want to scare you today. It shouldn't scare you. But when you come to the Lord, everything is known. The reason that shouldn't scare you is because the Lord knows everything already. It's only the lie of our own brains. It's only, only the false narrative of our own humanity that thinks that anything is hidden from God. 
that anything is secret from God, that somehow God doesn't know about those other issues, those other things that have happened in our life. He knows it all already. The illumination of God's glory, when we come and he comes to us, he shines round about us. He illuminates all of us. He does not do that so he can see us. He does that so we can see him. And he does it so we can see ourselves. We have to see ourselves as we really are. We have to see ourselves as what we've really done, how we've really lived, and what really we need forgiveness for. And the glory of the Lord shone right about them, round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, I bring you good tidings. Somebody hear the words of the angel today. You're not in a place where you have to be afraid. You're not in a place where you have to be afraid. You're in a safe place today. You don't have to confess anything to me. I'm not your savior. I'm not gonna forgive you of your sins. Jesus is the one you need to talk to today. You're in a safe place, a place where you can deal with the things that need to be dealt with, where you can find the deliverance, find the provision, find the healing, find the empowerment that you're longing for in your soul. I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Oh, can somebody say amen? amen. Oh, how many are thankful it's for everybody? Amen. Somebody say, that means me. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you. Amen. It's for everybody. It shall be to all people. For unto you is born, who? Unto you, the shepherds? No, unto all people. Unto all people is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ um, the King. Oh, hallelujah, he's not just my healer. He's not just my provider. He's not just my deliverer, but he came for one reason only, and that is to be my Savior. I'm lost in the dark, and I need the Lord of the light to save me. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Say, preacher, was this all for dramatic effect? Were the shepherds the first to know because they were the only ones awake? I don't know. Maybe shepherds were chosen because they were, most of them, of a lower social class. And it adds to the major point of humility in which Christ came. Likely it has to do with the fact that Jesus is called in Scripture the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd. Maybe that's why he came to the shepherds first. And maybe, maybe they were chosen because they were trusted to do what was told them to do. They wanted to be a part of it. Maybe they were desiring to do something, or maybe he just knew he could Trust them, and it came to pass, verse 15, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, 
which the Lord hath made known. The light has shined, and now we know. It's been made known to us. They were ready, the Bible says, to go and see for themselves what was told them. They wanted to put their own eyes upon the babe that's wrapped in swaddling clothes. They may have existed as shepherds a lot of their life in the darkness, a lot of their living in the darkness, but now the heavens have opened their eyes to the possibility of something greater. The heavens are trying to open our eyes. The illumination and the glory of God is trying to open our eyes and our hearts to the possibility of something greater than we've ever known. And they are introduced to the Lord of the light. And they came with haste, the Bible tells us in 16 and 17, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. They came quickly. They saw it for themselves. And then they went and told everyone else about it. Oh, hallelujah. Can I tell you that's exactly how it still works today? That's exactly how it still works today. When the illumination comes, uh, people, when they come to Jesus uh, and they interact with the Lord of the light, uh, it changes them. Uh, it moves them. Uh, they see it for themselves. Uh, they say, this isn't about some religion. Uh, this isn't about some preacher. This isn't about some church. Uh, this is about a revelation uh, of who God is. Uh, this is about a revelation uh, of the name of Jesus. Uh, this is about a revelation of a one God who sits upon the throne of heaven with all power and authority who came to the earth, robed himself in flesh and hung on a cross and then rose again that I might be saved, that we might be saved. When we get the revelation, we don't hide it in a corner. No, we go and we tell everybody we can find. You gotta come and see. You gotta come and see. I found what my soul longs for. Hallelujah. Remember, there is a common element to those that the light shines upon. It says they glorified and praised God. Glorifying and praising God is a common element of people that have had the light shine in them. People that have become part of the light, filled with the light that is Christ, are a people that will glorify and praise God. Remember what Jesus said to Paul, I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness. I want to make you a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and the things which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. He says, I brought you out of them. Now I'm sending you back to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. How, how does Paul open eyes and turn darkness from light? Because now Paul is part of the light. 
Because the light that illuminated him and brought him to repentance now shines through him and leads others to repentance from the power of Satan, it says. From the power of Satan who loves the dark unto the power of God that they might receive forgiveness of sins. That they might receive forgiveness of sins. Those that are living in darkness today, and maybe you're just realizing it, Jesus is still the light of the world. I get it. I understand. Pastor, it's Christmas Eve service. We had donuts. Can't we just... Can't we just sing a couple carols and hug some people and then leave? I got stuff to do. I get it. I understand. But we're here now, so we don't have to live in darkness. We don't have to live in the penalty of our sin. We don't have to live condemned by our actions. We do not have to live in pain of what other people have done for us. We do not have to carry around fear and baggage. We do not have to exist beneath what God created us to be. We do not have to do that because the Lord of the light is in this place and is shining on us right now. We should be afraid of living our lives in the dark. We should be. We should be afraid of the dangers that lurk, lurk in the darkness. We should be. Spiritual darkness is a damaging and damning place. But you and I were never meant to live that way. We weren't meant to live that way. We were meant to live in the light. The Lord of the light declares, I am the light of the world. And he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That is who you are created to be. That's what you're created to do. That's the power you're supposed to walk around in. That's the confidence that you're supposed to walk around. You're supposed to walk around in a world that is illuminated by the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God, the direction of God, the provision of God. We live in a dark world, but that's by people's choice. You don't have to live in the darkness of the world around you. You can exist in the light and to those that are living in the light of Christ those that are here today and you are living in the light of Christ we are reminded like the shepherds and like Paul we have a purpose in this life we have a purpose for this light in our lives and Jesus also said in Matthew 5 and 14 ye are the light of the world you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto 
all them that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Maybe you're walking in the light today and maybe you have not been fulfilling your purpose and maybe you've been fading back towards the darkness and your heart and your home are slowly falling into the shadows. Today is the day to embrace the light again. Today is a good day to say, you know what? I want the light. I've had it and I want to live in it and I don't want to go anywhere near the darkness. I want to stay in the light. I want to live in the light. I want to be a witness of the truth. I want to be unafraid and unashamed to stand up and declare that there is a God in heaven whose name is Jesus and he saved me from my sin. Come on, stand to your feet, clap your hands and shout unto God. Somebody magnify the Lord with me in this place. Hallelujah. In a little while, in a little while, we'll, we'll deal with some candles and we'll have a fun moment. But it would be ridiculous of us to go through the motions of some sort of Christmas Eve service where we talk about the light if we're not actually living in the light or if we're struggling for challenge today if we're struggling. Listen, I love the Christmas story, but it's not just a story, and it's powerful. And I don't want it to become just a story. I want it to remain powerful. And for it to remain powerful, that means we need to understand that in this place right now is a risen Savior. And in this place right now, the light is shining from heaven. And in this place right now, God is able to change us forever. So I don't know who all wants to come, but I think we should go to the Lord in prayer today. The front of this building is intentionally left open. This is our response area where we come and pray and we call upon the name of the Lord. Nobody is gonna make you do anything. Nobody's gonna make you say anything. This is about you and God. When we feel what we're feeling right now, we should always come and we should pray and we should talk to God about it. We should respond to the Lord. Maybe there's sin that we need to ask forgiveness for. Maybe we're struggling. Maybe we're bound. Maybe we're addicted. Maybe we've got fear that we don't know what to do with. Maybe we're living in the night and we're surrounded by predators and we can't seem to see our way out. Amen. Or maybe we're living in the light but we've been backing ourselves up into the shadows again. Maybe we've been going a little bit too close to the darkness again. Now would be a good time to pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.